Hey everyone, Andrew here. Real quick heads up. This episode was initially streamed live on Twitch, which is cool. Yay, Twitch. Um, but also Twitch is really difficult. Boo, Twitch. So some of the audio, uh, we had a bit of a difficulty at the beginning. So there's, you'll hear some doubling initially because I had to pull audio from a stream recording, but then everything should settle out. But always working out the details. Feel free to join a live episode on Twitch anytime. I always tweet about them at Roll Persuasion on Twitter. So you can follow me there for a heads up when we're going to go live. I appreciate your understanding and enjoy the episode. <laughs> That's beautiful. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion Live. Very excited to come to you guys each and every week in podcast and occasionally live form to chat with some of the awesome creators and creatives in the tabletop gaming, entertainment, nerdy, whatever space. Always excited to do the show. I have a very exciting guest today. Thank you to everybody who is watching live for uh, dealing with some of our technical issues, Twitch streaming is not and I do not think ever will be easy. So I appreciate y'all's uh, patience. Before we get going, I want to give a shout out to a very special sponsor. They've been supporting the show now for about a month. They are fantastic. And that is Hero Forge. They are bringing you any of these live episodes is happening because of them. Podcasts happening because of them. Really cool minis in your tabletop games happening because of them. And uh, it is a very exciting time for Hero Forge because if you did not know, the 2.0 color update is now public and live to everyone. That means that you can make these, uh, I don't know how well you can see this. I don't think the camera will focus. Trust me, it's cool. I've tweeted some pictures, so go to at Roll Persuasion, check it out. But it's a fully color customized mini. I did a stream a few weeks back showing you guys how I customized one of these on the fly. Um, it is insane. I mean, the detail and the stuff you can do on their on their builder is just crazy. So uh, definitely go check them out, heroforge.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And uh, even if you're not ready to get a mini, just sitting there and like building it out and then using the painting tools is addictive. Like like for me, it's okay, make 37 characters on D&D Beyond. Now go make them all on Hero Forge. And uh, someday when I win the lottery, buy buckets and buckets of minis. So... We're very appreciative of them um, sponsoring the show, making sure it happens. Heroforge.com. Thank you so much to them. And now, without any further ado, uh, we're just going to jump into it. I'm so excited to have this guest on. Um, I've been wanting to have him on the show for a bit, and I am super excited to just chat about everything with you. Uh, KP, what is going on, man? Hi. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for having me. First off, uh, I was not expecting an introduction like that. I'm, I don't feel that special, but uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I, I think I think anyone who has seen um, the various content that you put out into the world uh, would disagree. Uh, you are incredibly special, and uh, very glad to have you on the show. Um, you can you can give us more information, but for those of you who don't know, KP is a content creator. He's a streamer, an amazing photographer. He does some killer cosplay. I mean, you you just create beauty, and uh, and and that's kind of what you do. I mean, give me the nutshell. Give me the breakdown. Oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like you said, um, 
primarily, I, or at least my origins is as a photographer slash uh, cosplay photographer. So I do portraiture, I do cosplay. Uh, I've been a photographer for about 10 years now. It's been a very slow journey, a long learning process. Um, and then eventually, I don't know, like until last year, that's all I was known as. Uh, I, I would actually, I would probably say until beginning of this year, that's all I was ever even known as, as a cosplay photographer. Um, and then just this year, things just started exploding. So now I am a Twitch streamer. I do multiple shows. I'm currently doing about seven shows on my uh, oh, Twitch wow. stream, each focus on different things. Like, yeah. A, so A week? Like how many a week are you doing? A week. That's oh, a week. Uh, well, well uh, definitely five a week for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, one or two of those, uh, one of them is definitely every other week. Um, uh, so essentially I have one show or two shows that are based on playing video games, one of which is a charity only stream. So I, I use that to help promote I, that. I started last week. I'm very excited for that one. Uh, that, um, where we pick one charity for each month. Oh, and awesome. the entire purpose of that stream is to just, you know, small contributions. Each episode, I do that four days a week. Each episode, five bucks. We make five bucks. That's great. Ten bucks. Yeah. That's great. But eventually it builds up by the end of the month. And uh, um, so I'm very excited about that one. I have another one that I used to do at 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, but finally was smart enough to switch to 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So that's my early morning gaming stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have a Wednesday stream with my dad, uh, that I very proud of, uh, where I sit down with him and I, I feel like, um, so he, he and I, we go through various Hindu mythologies, stories, um, not only just narrating them, but also giving them greater context, greater information. Uh, his life experiences are tied into a lot of those as well. So how yeah. he learned from those stories, because a lot of our, uh, morals and, and, uh, our, our day-to-day Things that we take away come from these stories that we've been sure, told since sure. we were young age. Like, you know, I, these were our bedtime stories right. growing up, right? Uh, about gods and, you know, battles and heroes and the the morals, the moralistic aspect of it all. So I really wanted to expose that to a lot of people simply because I feel that, you know, especially in the Western world, we don't really have sources like that or not sources like that, but we don't go beyond our Western philosophies and western themes and i really wanted right. to bring that in especially as a you know a content creator i was I, I that interacts with other content creators i hope that through this people get influenced and they get you know inspired to do thing new things using this instead of just your usual you know western western fairy land and right. know, things like that or a kind of weird amalgamation of like little bits and pieces of everybody else's stuff because we just kind of rolled in and stomped over everything yeah. and we're like we'll do that so yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then ultimately, it's also a way to, you know, get closer to people and, you know, understand different cultures. And that way, through understanding, build compassion, sure. empathy. Uh, and I think knowledge really helps with that. So that's one of them. I have a Monday show where as a cosplay photographer, I've always been on this side of the camera, but I've never been on the other side. So yeah. I've, I've always wanted to learn how to make cosplays and do things like that. So up till now, we've been trying to do it every when every Monday, we've been on and off simply because it's it's new and it's a lot of things happening. Sure. So uh, it might be something that we switch to every every once a month or something. But I, I do that with my wife. Uh, we made our first armor piece using that. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the cooking show that you had mentioned mm -hmm. uh, every other Saturday, I thought it'd be fun where uh, I'm not a cook. I don't know how to cook. 
but I'm surrounded by multiple amazing cooks, yeah. like my wife, my mom, uh, several friends were, were, you know, truly great uh, cooks. So I thought I could be the proxy. I could be your proxy. And while I sure, learn, sure. you can learn how to make these dishes. And actually, we did one episode uh, where I like the concept enough that I'm hoping to reintroduce it, where I have another additional guest cook with me who learns with me. So that way it's, yeah. you know, fun to show that it's not just me because I've been exposed to all this, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, that's one. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I'm probably missing one or two here, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm also in the process of writing a uh, Hindu based TTRPG as well. Uh, yeah. So you're not busy at all is what you're trying to say. You just have no, loads I, of free time. No, I obviously time. have a, very, a lot of free time <laughs> yeah. and a lot of, you know, I'm clearly need to fill out my schedule more. That, yeah. I mean, you know, why, why stop at seven? You could always, somebody in chat just said, uh, yeah, it's seven shows, but it works out to 14 streams oh. a week. <laughs> That's Ender. They're my moderator and they're amazing. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so cool. They, Dude, they're, they're shout best. out to any and every Twitch mod ever because oh you God. guys are angels and magical and beyond compare. So tip yeah. that to you. Oh, yeah. um, so that's awesome because there's so much there to talk about, which when you have an interview show is a great thing to have. Uh, lots <laughs> to talk about. I, I want to very selfishly talk about photography. Um, sure. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been a photographer for just about the same amount of time, 10 years. Oh, wow, um, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I love chatting with other photographers like, you know, what gear do you use? What do you enjoy shooting? Like stuff like that. Um, it's just fun. Cause it's, it, for yeah. me, it was a thing that I was always into growing up kind of casually. I was very into tech growing up. So mm -hmm. I remember, um, man, like, like 10, 11 year old me, all the only thing in the world I wanted was a Palm pilot, like more than a game boy. <laughs> I wanted a Palm pilot cause I was like, you can do so much with this. Why stop with just games? And, do we need uh, to explain what that is to people? Cause I we feel might. like we might so, need to so this is uh, the result of Palm Pilots and, you know, personal data assistance, PDAs, as we called them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just that. I mean, it was like a little mini computer without a phone. Right. Um, and you could you it was like your day planner and you could eventually read ebooks and eventually read games and blah, blah, blah. It was I Microsoft, got, right? So Microsoft, Microsoft, the Microsoft made the iPack, which was like a Windows thing. Palm Pilot was mm. their own company. They had their own operating system. Right, right, right. Didn't they make a phone as well? At one they point? did. They made the Palm, Palm Tree uh, that did not oh, it do was well. So it was so good. It was, it was a it sharp looking well, phone. Um, it you should Google it. I, I actually kind of wish I still had one just because it was like, it was well done. I wanted it. Just, it. It, was behind, it was behind the times. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I was... 13 i think i was 13 and my mom gave me a palm pilot and it had a little camera on it like a a 640 by 480 like vga um and that was it it was like I'm, I'm just going everywhere i'm taking pictures of everything you know um but it wasn't until college that i got into photography uh through a friend at the school newspaper he was like you should mm. you should take photos and i was like cool and uh and then i was hooked on that and i started shooting for the school newspaper um i'm super into sports so i was like how can i be a sports photographer and, and I managed to get my way into starting to shoot professional uh, sporting events. And awesome. um, so I shot for USA Today for a couple of years out of college. And uh, wow. um, yeah, just, just found out there's not a lot of money in photojournalism. <laughs> and so these <laughs> days I just do, uh, yeah, these days I just do um, a lot of like portraits and like corporate stuff on the side just because it's fun and I enjoy it. But that, that's my photo thing in a, in a very tiny nutshell. Um, what was yours? What, what got you into <laughs> photography? Like 
What do you enjoy about it? Oh, wow. Okay. So I think it's about uh, emotions for me. It's about how being sure. able to portray various emotions. And so the way it happened, right? Um, so I, I did do photography. I took uh, two semesters of intro to digital photography back in high school, but it was more of just me wanting to pick an elective and right. I didn't want to do pottery because everybody else was doing pottery and I was just not interested. And I think part of it was actually my cousin, uh, my dad's brother, so first cousin. Uh, I remember she took a picture of my grandma because she, she did uh, old school film photography mm-hmm. and she took an elective when she was in high school and she's like four years older than me. And she sent a print of our grandmother and it was so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And it, the way she captured it, I think we still have that photo somewhere. Uh, framed up but I think that initially is what triggered me to want to do the elective but I was also very like I was more of a academic kind of guy um, sure and anything that out that was outside of that I didn't really put a lot of focus into so I didn't do so well in that class because I didn't put a lot of focus into it right and then fast forward a couple of years uh, I graduated high school I joined the navy and while in, I was going through school and I was with a friend who was into photography and he took a picture. We were in downtown Charleston. He took a picture of just street photography and it was in black and white. Mm-hmm. And just looking at that picture, something about it, I was like, wow, I'm, you know, this is the second time I'm feeling this, like yeah. an emotion about, you know, some, some kind of either nostalgia or man, I wish I was there kind of a feeling. Mm-hmm. I wish I could experience whatever that was in that photo. And then I thought to myself, you know, I want to explore this feeling. I want to see if I not only can I keep inducing this feeling in myself, but hopefully induce it in other people in the future. And I went, I was supposed to meet up with a friend in North Carolina. And before I went on that journey, uh, it was like a two hour drive. I immediately went to Best Buy, bought myself my first DSLR, which was a Canon T2i, mm-hmm. uh, a Rebel 550. Yeah, Rebel 550 is what the other name for it is. Yeah. With my kit lens. And I ran off and I remember the entire weekend with my friend. That's all I did was we anywhere and everywhere we went. We just, I just took photo after photo after yeah. photo. And yeah, then ever since then, it just rocked off and uh, something about, you know, and I think this is the same for every photographer. We start off with inanimate objects because it's fun and easy to pose and easy to capture. And we can do as many yeah. things as we want with it. Uh, but something about portrait photography really started drawing to me within the last maybe six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And part of it was the challenge of getting people, working with people, um, because A, I'm very much an introvert. Sometimes I don't look it or feel it. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I like the challenge of getting myself out of my comfort zone, interacting with people, um, also, you know, helping pose them and capturing the best of them. It's not even that, you know, they have to be like that standard of beauty that people always try yeah, to measure people. Yeah. It's more about that inner beauty and capturing that and capturing that once again, that emotion that they could elicit. Uh, and then that's how I shifted to more portrait photography. And then how cosplay photography happened. I didn't do, know anything about the cosplay space until like 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my friends, uh, at that point I was on my, my first ship I had just gotten there and he, one of my coworkers slash one of my best friends at, after that point, uh, was like, Hey, do you, do you know anything about cosplaying? If you're into anime, you got to know about cosplaying, right? And I'm like, no, no, what? <laughs> yeah. I know Halloween. What's, is this something else? And then he then opened up the entire world to me wow. by taking me yeah. to like, I went to my first convention with him. I went to my first cosplay gathering with him and I ended up becoming the de facto photographer for a lot of those people. 
So, and then that's how I learned really to become more stylistic, not just to be mm. a portrait, but like yeah. incorporate action and corporate poses and things like that. And so that was kind of how that journey ended up being. And, uh, here we are. <laughs> I love, I love that idea of, um, like you said, capturing the emotion. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think for me early on, what was, you know, beyond being a sports fan, what was exciting and interesting to me about sports photography was freezing that moment. Like, mm -hmm. like, like. There's just something about, for me at least, like nailing that exact moment that's never going to happen again. Oh, um, gosh, and just like yes. freezing it in time. Uh, that I, I don't know. It's just it's it's such a feeling. If that does it for you, I mean, it does it. Like and mm -hmm. and so, yeah. I I think I very much had a similar shift as I got into portraiture. Was, um, how can I? capture this moment where you look at it and you are connected immediately to whatever emotion is being portrayed in, in, in the yep. scene. Um, and it's something powerful and it's so, it's so endless, right? You can always be improving and you can always, you know, oh, or mess boy, with yes. your lighting and your editing and like there, it's just, there is always something else you can do. So I, I don't think I've ever felt like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm peak or whatever. It's just like, Oh, it's a, yeah. it, there's always more to explore. 100%. I think that's, well, I mean, that's true, I think, with any venture that you take, any hobby or any yeah. craft that you want to do, like, there is no actual peak. The peak is what you make it, right? If you feel this is where you plateaued, that's where you're going to plateau. Sure. But, you know, that's on you as a person, as an individual, because you stopped growing, you stopped learning. Um, even to this day, right? Like, I love seeing and watching and observing other photographers, because even if they don't have, you know, because I feel a lot of people like to measure a successful or the capabilities of a photographer based on the number of followers they have, right, the number, yeah. amount of business that they get. Completely false. 100% false. Because I promise you, you know, people constantly tell me how, oh, I love your photography. I love what you do. And I'm like, half the time, I don't know what the F I'm doing. Half the time, <laughs> right. I'm just in Photoshop going, ooh, what does this bar do? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, maybe if I change this, you know, yeah, I have my workflow. I have, you know, a process that yeah. I honed down over the years but that's more of just experience talking rather than overall skill set because i promise you like it took me nearly 10 years to get to where i am today mm -hmm. there have been photographers who've taken a year to get yeah, to yeah. Not, not like the level of success but the level of competency and level of skill sure. uh and uh like i see some great photographers like uh i i, I always forget the full name it starts with bear bear crap I'm, I'm sorry crap. no not bear crap no that's not it <laughs> no, no, i'll okay. figure it out yeah, yeah but you have like people like topher oriel uh yeah. you have uh conman photos all of who are absolutely amazing and i i you know even to this day i every time i see a new photographer i bear photo buffalo that's his name okay bear photo buffalo Google right now um they're on twitter uh they're a co cosplay photographer as okay. well and and their work is amazing you have topher oriel who does some amazing amazing work and i'm sure people have known known about, about him you have con mom who i absolutely adore but every time i see a new photographer even if they only have like 100 followers i absolutely enjoy watching them because you there's always something to learn yeah and there's always something to admire uh, about someone's workmanship um because I promise you, some of their techniques are much better than I, what I can do. Some of their, their overall aesthetic, I feel, is better than mine. Even yeah. if people tell me, oh, I love yours. I'm like, yeah, go look at these people and then come back to me and tell me. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I don't think 
as soon as you start feeling that you've stopped or you have that arrogance of, oh, I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're, sure. do you're done. You're done growing and people are going to go by you really quickly. They're going to surpass you very quickly. I think one of the things, and I'm uh, speaking of Twitch mods, I'm trying to figure out why my messages are not posting. It's fine. Everything will be oh, fine. No. Oh, it's, it's all good. It's just sponsor messages. They'll be fine. Hero Forge. Go check out Hero Forge. Um, <laughs> I, I like, you know, not to spend a whole stream talking about photography, but we could. We I could, like this. There's so much room. And again, I think this is very true in a lot of creative pursuits, but photography is what I do. So that, that I can talk mm. about. There's so much room. Like I have friends who are shooters who um, are wildly creative. I mean, they are, you know, I look at them. I'm like, those people are artists. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would refer to myself as an artist and that's not like a, a derogatory thing. I'm not like, I, I just, that's not where I sit. I think I tend to sit more in like the technical side and like mm -hmm. execution. Um, but, but that's what I like. There's so much room. Like I see, you know, I, I know there's stuff that I do really, really well. And I know there's stuff that I don't necessarily do well that I can work in. But you don't have to be, you don't have to be a tech head. You don't have to be a gear head. You don't have to have the best gear um, if you've got just kind of great artistic vision and like a desire to create. And you also don't have to be, you don't have to be a world-shaking artist who just has these great off-the-wall concepts. Um, you can execute technical stuff really well. There's just so much room for kind of your sweet spot, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. and and so I never I never really look at another photographer or their success or whatever that might be and go, Oh, you know, I should have what they have. I'm like, no, they're just, they're just different. They do something different than I do. Maybe they do something mm -hmm. better than I do. I do something different than what they do. Um, there's just so much room to, to kind of find your niche. And, uh, yeah, um, that's 100%. one of the many things I love about it. And I think, yeah, I think that comes from experiences, learning where your niche is and what you can do and what you can't do and, uh, who you can target, as your audience. I mean, obviously every moment we have that moment where we're like, Oh, I wish I was as successful as them sure. at this. I wish I could be at that position. And that's fine. That's more of, you know, you fueling your drive yeah, as long as yeah. you use that in a positive sense to be like, okay, I want what they have. I want to be there. So what can I do? How can right. I process without, and, and, and it's all about, you know, a constructive and not a destructive manner, right? It's mm. a lot of people like to be like, Oh, I want to bring them down so I can be above them. And it's like, no, you don't do that. Just yeah, yeah, be as good. And even when you get to that point, you have to understand that they've had the same amount of time uh, to improve themselves. So they're going to be constantly, it's an ever shifting, right. you know, yeah. goalpost. So, you know, don't get discouraged just because you're not there where they're at, because you will get there if you work hard and keep working at it and doing what you love doing. Um, I mean, I feel that way about streaming at times, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I could be like those big streamers. I wish right. I could have that audience. You know, especially because now my my livelihood is more tied into the, the, all these various content creations that sure, I'm trying yeah. to do. So clearly, I would want more people to be on there. But instead of me going, oh, why why do they have that? You know, I I do the same thing. Why do they get that and I don't? It's no, no, it's you. Either they've had more time at this, they've had you know they have a different charm to them that attracts different people. Whatever it is that's their niche like you said yeah where, whereas yours will happen as you progress as you keep doing it it's a matter of constantly doing it and constantly evolving right if mm -hmm. what you're doing doesn't work okay what more can i add and that's probably the reason why i now end up having seven different shows and and all these things because i'm still trying to find my niche and still trying to find all the sure. things that i enjoy doing uh, clearly eventually you know i'm going to start fine-tuning and i'm going to be like okay maybe i can't do this this is not sustainable mm -hmm. any longer maybe of course I need to yeah move this and that and 
finally get to a point where I'm like, okay, this is something I can comfortably do that I enjoy doing. And it brings me the joy that I like, that I want out of life. Right. Right. So. And, and it's so important to stay true to yourself, right. Which can sound a little like trite, but, uh, but you know, like using photography as an example, again, I'm sure anyone, I'm sure you probably did too. We all went through that phase where we're like, oh, someone has this look. How do I replicate their look? Yeah. What filters are they using? How can I edit like them? And it never lasts because, it, because it's not you. You might resonate creatively with, with like how something mm-hmm, looks mm-hmm. or how somebody mm-hmm. does their stream or how they write or whatever your thing is. But pure replication burns you out pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Because at some point you can't copy and paste anymore. You have to generate your own thing. Exactly. Well, I mean, you can definitely take tips and you can yeah, take certain yeah, yeah. things and you know hold on to them and make it uh, make it your own you don't need to be a you know carbon copy of that person you shouldn't right. be a carbon copy of that person because a you're not unique anymore they're already doing it yeah. they're doing it better they've been doing it so they know how to do this really really well and they already have the audience you doing this all you're doing are you being is a copycat and people are going to you know know that they're going to be like oh i mean that's not special right. um but if you can take aspects can take skills and then change it to suit your workflow and suit your style, that's totally fine. That's how we grow as artists. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no way like, uh, you know, painters and, and drawers, they look at other artists and look at the, their techniques and try to learn those techniques to understand what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And then over time you find, like I said, you fine tune it and you mm-hmm. figure out what, you know, what is your best style for me? That was for a long time, Brandon Wolfel. Uh, okay. Is it last, is this last name Wolfel? Brandon, I don't, I don't know, but I will Google. He's a, an amazing artist. He exploded in the last few, last few years. Um, he does a lot of great, like stylistic, oh, low yeah. light photography seen him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he's a very big Instagram photographer. Yeah. Um, uh, very, very popular on there. And for a long time, that was you know that was the standard that I was trying to go. That was the aesthetic yeah. that I was trying to reach. I'm like, how can I do this? I think he uses a lot of like your typical Instagram orange and you know, teal and orange yeah. color tones. Those, and those like colors that. But, that, that work really well on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was like, and then when I couldn't reach it, I was like, why can I not be like that? Why am I not able to achieve the same look? Yeah. And that's when the realization started happening. Like, no, that's, you know, and now I've, I think, slowly found my style. I've found the look that I like to go with and the feel that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started seeing success. That's when people, you know, they're like, oh, your photos are very colorful and they're very vibrant. And I'm like, you know what? That, that makes sense. That's, I think that's as a personality, as from where I come from, being an Indian, we are all about color and all about being right. vibrant and saturated. So I should lean into that. I'll obviously not go overboard with it, but use that as an inspiration and push forth something uh, like that. So, you know, that's how I found myself. And I bet you anything in about another a year or so, my style is going to change again. And I'm going to find a different way of expressing myself. Right. Yeah. Always so, evolving. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you become stale if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to be like, oh, I've already seen this. You know, you've been doing this for right. a while. Yeah. yeah. So. So, so then how did you get into gaming? When did that kind of become, was was that like an always around kind of thing? Uh, for a lot of people, I know it started with video games or maybe playing with their family. How did, um, gaming and really specifically like tabletop or role play Mm. gaming, how did that become kind of an interest of yours? 
Oh wow. Uh, so video games wise, yeah, that's something that I've, that has been with me from a young age. I think with our generation, that's pretty sure. common. Yeah. Um, started with the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then uh, Nintendo sixty four, GameCube, Xbox. 360 and then the entire xbox lineup until now yeah uh uh, as far as tabletop rpgs though that's a lot more recent actually i would say within the last two years um i mean up till then i'd done like your basic board games like monopoly sorry things like that nothing beyond that to be specific um i think though what had happened was and i was asked if i wanted to come on to a dungeon a dnd game by, my, by a couple of my friends. I had no clue what it's about. I had no idea how to play it. Um, every time I even tried learning, I was just like, I am lost. I have no right, clue yeah. what to do here. Uh, but they helped me kind of understand. Uh, we played your you know, basic uh, Last Minds campaign. Mm-hmm. We never even, that's the other thing. I've never finished a campaign. <laughs> I've yet to finish a single campaign. And that yeah. Lost Minds of Fendalver, whether I'm, I've DM'd it or I've played it my, as a player, it's always ended when we get to uh, Fandolin and that's it. And oh, either really? something happened. Yep. I've never even gotten to the actual Lost Minds. Uh, I've never seen the big bad. Sorry if I hear any beeping noises. My no, no, you're, you're good. Some. I, um, I, d- I DM'd that game. The first time we ever played D&D, I DM'd that for, yeah. my, for my group. And they got to the Lost Mine and they somehow railroaded right to the big bad. And I was like, well, there is literally a massive map left, but you guys already killed the thing. Do you just want to be done? And we were like, yeah, we'll be done. Oh, <laughs> so we didn't yeah. even finish it. No, no, it was fine. It was actually, it was good, but it would have been anticlimactic. So like, okay, go through another room, look under the bed. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Like, yeah. so I feel so, like. <laughs> so, uh, but they, because through that introduction, I got hooked. I was just like, oh, yeah. I really want to play this. And then when that game kind of got sidetracked, I started doing Adventure League, uh, going into that oh, and started okay. playing games on Adventure League just for fun, just to kind of get that fix <laughs> pretty much. Um, and that's how I started doing it. I then started doing some, you know, being a DM for a couple of my friends just to get some practice in that. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I started branching out more so this year and start exploring other ttrpg games over that uh and it, yeah that's just it just you know yeah and then i think a, a large part of it continuing and sustaining was uh seeing the popularity of it and seeing not only just as a t- ttrpg with my you know friend circle but uh when you have big medias like critical role that i sure. started getting really into and uh, other major productions like that showcasing these games and showing how different ways you can play them that I think really helped because uh, I'm a, uh, I've said this on other streams before but I'm very much a narrative driven person I'm mm-hmm. not so focused on the numbers and yeah a little bit of me is competitive and I want to create this big powerful badass character sure. but uh, I definitely enjoyed the more interactions and the narrative aspects and getting through the story yeah, and seeing yeah. my character grow as a person um, especially recently because I started getting more into embodying myself in some aspects mm. in my characters. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, every Saturday we're on a hiatus now cause we're about to go into season two, but, uh, I am on a live live stream game for a bubblegum shoe campaign called Waverly 98. Okay. Uh, essentially think of it as stranger things, but set in the nineties instead of the eighties. <laughs> okay. Uh, like and so it has a lot of that nineties nostalgia. Yeah. And the reason I love this, a, not only because I get to play with some amazing, amazing, talented people, 
but it, it's because the character I created is essentially 90% me at mm-hmm. that age. Yeah. Um, he, his name is Arwind and he is an immigrant. He's a photographer. He wants to be a journalist when he grows up. Uh, he's still awkward and trying to get used to and, you know, learn about the, the world that he's in, in, yeah. in this new country. And what I love about it is because through him, not only am I reliving those moments in my life and those feelings in my life, but in a more safe and controlled environment. Sure, and yeah. That way I can, because, you know, being an immigrant <clears throat> and coming into this country, not knowing anything about anything, uh, it's a very steep learning curve with a lot of barriers that come in the way, even to this yeah. day. Um, and uh, there's there are moments where you look back and go, I wish it had happened in a different way. I wish I had mm. this opportunity or I had this mindset or had this sort of an environment or these sort of friends. And being able to have that control and uh, and being able to change the narrative to help suit your needs in that way yeah. has been very therapeutic for me and very, sure. very enjoyable. And that's what I really love about these games is because through them, you not only uh, get to grow as a group, but you get to grow as a person. You get to build these interpersonal relationships um, that I feel are a lot more holistic, especially when done right, because I feel like uh, you get to learn about and empathize with people and you get to understand what their uh, wants are, what their needs are, what they like, what they don't like. Um, And especially if it's with a good DM and they use the proper safety tools, I think that really, really helps. Yeah, it's been it's been such a cool shift. And I I also um, and I've talked about on the show a lot, so I won't rehash my whole story again. But I also (laughs) started playing fairly recently um, at this. Well, I guess at this point, four or five years ago. So it's becoming Mm. less recent. But uh, (laughs) but you're a pro now. Yeah, yeah, I'm just old hand at it. Let's go. Um, I, I think so many people are discovering exactly what you're talking about, that more than anything, I think what a lot of a lot of people, not everyone, because some people like, you know, yeah, I'm certainly enjoy min-maxing and making a badass character mm-hmm. that can smash. It's awesome. But so many people are realizing that what they want is a safe place and structure to tell stories. And mm-hmm. at least in, in American society, that is not something that I think is actively encouraged or, or kind of built out in any sort of way. Uh, for kids growing up. And so I think a lot of us are kind of hitting adulthood and going like, Oh, I never really, you know, I played pretend I ran around in the backyard, but I was never encouraged to tell stories the way I can now with my friends in a safe place. And like, you know, yeah, we can be the heroes. We can be magical. We can be warriors, whatever. But what we want is we just want a place to tell stories. And, and what's great is that because D and D is becoming so popular, so many other games are popping up too. People are seeing like financially it's viable for me to launch a new game. And you know, there are people out there who want to tell stories. Let me give them a new arena to tell it in. And, and so it's going to be really cool. I think in 10 years, right. To yeah. like not even see where D and D is, but see where gaming is, see where storytelling is, see what sort of tools are out there and what, you know, like the setting that you've talked about working on and, and some of these other great, um, the Isles of Sina Una. I don't, I don't know if you've been. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of the writers for that is on the Saturday game. Oh, Wasab- really? Wasabote. Okay. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So very so like familiar. All these opportunities to tell stories, um, either for, for, you know, people who have come from cultures that are story rich or for those of us who don't have a story rich culture and, and now get to learn about, um, 
and learn about stuff that we were never told and like, and like get to partake in and discover, you know, new cultures and new history and new stories. Uh, it's super, mm. super cool. Yeah. And uh, one thing you touched on about how these are becoming more popular, because if you look at all the stories of great artists or great content creators and that, that are, you know, successful now, like, you know, your directors, your artists, your writers, yeah. all of them talk about how, you know, back then they played games like D&D or well, at that time, D&D was synonymous with TTRPG. So they right. played all of these games. And that's where they got these inspirations and the, this creative ideas for yeah, their yeah. future projects. And now that it's becoming, and that was from a time where it wasn't acceptable to do this. Yeah. So they had to do it in hush hush. And a lot of people who could have benefited from this didn't because they weren't able to, or they didn't want to because of the stigma that was surrounding it. But now that that stigma is going away, what I'm really excited about is how many more of those type of creators we're going to yeah, start having. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's going to be a huge explosion. Honestly speaking, it's going to be an exponential growth with all these new creators that come on board and start making amazing, amazing new things. And that's one of the things I'm super excited for and super excited. And you're already seeing, you know, the fruits of that labor as, as is already, right? Like, yeah. you know, for example, Critical Role has now a two, two seasons of cartoons on on netflix or not netflix amazon amazon Prime. yeah yeah uh, and then i think the 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 what brother i always blank their names the brother the three brothers oh the mcelroy's uh, the mcelroy's yeah. yeah they have a show and comic books and all those going a on full-on empire a full-on empire <laughs> yeah. um and but the thing that i'm i think i'm excited for but we're still sorely lacking is and but i'm we're seeing the renaissance i think of that now is voices outside of your typical cisgender white male viewpoint. Right. Right. Um, we're starting to see things like Sina Uno that you had mentioned and uh, Motherland RPG yeah, that, that, yeah. that was just recently announced by Tanya and yeah. all, all of them that I'm super excited for. So having, it's still, I think, very much in the early stages, but I'm super excited to see how those then come in. And I really want to see those gain as much success as all these other big projects. So mm -hmm. that way we can actually start experiencing uh, storytelling from a different perspective. Right. You know, um, I think I described this to someone before. This is like, we're at that stage where it, we've just lit the candle mm -hmm. and it has any moment, it has the chance of being blown out. So yeah. our job is to protect that candle and help it grow. And it needs the support. It needs the fuel and the love and care and attention to be able to become this raging fire that we want it to be. Um, and there's going to be people constantly coming by who want to blow out that candle. Right. There's already, you know, uh, you know, constantly this pushback that doesn't want to see this change or doesn't yeah. think that this change is needed. Um, and, and so I think it's a very interesting time that we're in. I'm very excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm stoked to see how things will progress. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to take a, a real quick second before we dive back in to um, and give a shout out to another one of my sponsors who helps make this show happen. Uh, awesomedice.com. If you love gaming and you love games that need dice, you probably need some awesome dice and you can go to awesomedice.com and you can get those dice. Uh, they support the show with the code roll persuasion. If you use it there, you get 10% off your order and you support the show a bit. So if you're needing some more uh, shiny math rocks and you also want to help make this little show happen, uh, use that code, awesomedice.com, code Roll Persuasion. Definitely go check them out. Um, love small businesses in the community. And so, you know, glad I get to be part of supporting them and that in turn, you guys support me, which I appreciate. 
Um, so awesomedice.com, make sure that you check them out. I, I want to jump back really quick um, mm-hmm. to photography, uh, to cosplay photography specifically. What, I mean, right now it's weird because we don't have cons. Um, and that's kind of a bummer because I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go to cons now for my show oh. and I'm going to take my camera and, and I always see these cool cosplay photos. Like it's just, you've got built in uh, amazing subjects. Like how cool could that be? Um, so do you, is that what you were typically doing for cosplay when you were shooting cosplay stuff or were you doing a lot of like studio stuff or were you doing really kind of more just at the conventions? Like what is, what is the process? What is it like? like approaching someone and taking the photo and sharing it. Cause that seems like it's whole, this whole kind of a sphere that I think most photographers who haven't done it can't really wrap their head around how that works. So how, how did oh, all that go? Man. Well, until last year, honestly speaking, I was, I mean, I was doing cosplay photography, but it was mostly just for my friends. Locally. Sure, like sure. I wasn't, it wasn't a business. I wasn't really getting paid. I would l- be lucky if anybody was interested to pay 80 bucks for a shoot. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and, 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 uh, I cannot ever express it enough uh, how much I appreciated this opportunity. But I got a chance to work with Ginny D last year. Um, she's amazing. We did a shoot. She's amazing. Yeah. She's absolutely an inspiration and talent, and I I I love her to death. And uh, it was an off chance, honestly speaking. Uh, I was about to give up for honestly. I was about to give up photography at that. Oh wow! Because yeah. I was running out of creative juices. I didn't really feel like what I was doing was fueling me in a creative way. Mm. It kept feeling. Like that staleness that we talked about, right? Yeah, I didn't feel yeah. like I was progressing. I didn't feel like I was creating anything new that I was very excited about. Um, and I, I, I stopped at that point really doing photo shoots. Uh, and then I went to Colorado for a bachelor party for my cousin. For It was a bachelor's trip. And on that process, I had just posted a few photos that I'd recently done with another amazing, talented cosplayer, Mama Samu. And I think the other reason my creative juices also came back was because of Critical Role, because I started getting to the story and mm, the yeah. characters were so rich and vibrant. And then when I started seeing people actually then uh, embody those characters in real life, I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to shoot that. So both those incidences were, ha- were you know, happenstance. I did Mama Samu's shoot. Like she announced that she was going to be in Jester cosplay and anybody wants to shoot, come to the park. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And I was at work <laughs> awesome. and I ran yeah. home, grabbed my camera and did the shoot with her. And that shoot, you know, got pretty popular and then yeah. that brought the attention of Ginny d and when i was she was like oh i'd love to do a shoot with you at some time and then we, i was like well okay uh, maybe a little bit, a bit later i'm going to colorado for something I'm, like, I'm from colorado i'm like oh gosh there you go and uh, we ended up doing the shoot the last day right before i had to go off uh, right uh, i had to leave and that was that, was that a fun conversation the bachelor party like hey guys i know we're having a good time i'm gonna slip away for a couple of oh, hours yeah. i'll be they, back don't worry they about were very it. understanding though. yeah yeah they were very understanding yeah uh, and that was i also was able to run a game of d a custom you know a custom game of D for the bachelor and oh, he's cool. never played D and no none of them had like yeah it was my brother uh, my cousin two cousins and none of them had and i did a wedding themed uh D nice. game custom game that i made up and he was hooked he was like oh my god like he, we went we went water, uh, uh, water rafting and mm-hmm. white water rafting and all these amazing other, other things. And he said, you know what? We need all these great things. But the highlight of this entire trip was that game. I was nice. just like, oh, really? Oh, my God. My, my trip has cool. been made. Um, so anyways, I think that helped make up for me slipping away. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I did that. That started blowing up. And that's when I started actually getting people wanting to work with me. Yeah. Um, 
So I think it's about having that moment. Uh, some people have it early on. Some people have it later. It's just mm -hmm. about, you know, constantly working at it. Uh, I do a lot of, I, I prefer actually non-convention shoots. That makes sense. Uh, simply because I have a lot more creative control. Right. I have a lot more time right. to work with it, uh, with, the, uh, with my client. Uh, also, I have my own space at that point. Uh, yeah. So that it's not crowded as hell. Um, so I can put down lights. Uh, but I also enjoy uh, con photography because I get to see all these amazing different people in one spot. Yeah. All these talented individuals in one spot and I get to work with all of them. Um, I generally tend to charge a little less for con photography. So monetarily, it doesn't really work out in mm -hmm. my favor ultimately. But I get a lot of great shots out of it. Sure. I get to make contacts and get to work with people. Right. So yeah. each each one, I think, has its own special place. Um, usually the way I like to think about con photography shoots is they help pay for my trip to that con. Right. And yeah. that's it. It's yeah. not more, cover, it's cover nothing really cover my costs. As yeah. long as I can cover my costs with them, I'm a happy man. Right. <laughs> um, I, and then, uh, so yeah, honestly speaking, I've done three con photographies at this point. And yeah. uh, two of them were local. And then I did Kotzcon this year mm -hmm. and that was it. And I was, because of that, that was like my launch pad. And I was supposed to be at all these amazing other cons. And yeah. we, I had booked for like my entire schedule was booked for ECCC, yeah. uh, DPCC. I was going to be at Hallmat. Uh, Gen Con was supposed to be done as well. Yep. But this year happened. But hey, you know what? I, I, I feel like everything has a silver lining in the sense sure. of you have to. It's not even that it was there. It was making that opportunity right when yeah, one yeah. avenue closes off it's rather than staying stagnant you kind of start to have to think okay what else can i do uh, and if i hadn't done that or if me not being able to cons hadn't happened i don't think i would have been you know kp the streamer or i don't think i would be kp the ttrpg writer because yeah. i wouldn't have had the interest or the drive to want to pursue other subjects right right so i think that really helped in that sense I mean, mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't in this scenario or the re this sure. being the reason yeah. with, with the global pandemic happening, but uh, you got to take what you got to take or yeah. something. No, I, I definitely so. get that. I, I was in a, a somewhat similar place. Um, my show will be a year old in like three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Um, Yay, which congratulations. I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to do, uh, and you will be invited on this, but I think I'm going to try and just invite everybody who's been on the show in the past year. I'm just going to send a Google hangout oh link goodness. and jump on <laughs> and I think we'll try and stream it live and it will be a beautiful disaster. Um, so watch out for info on that, uh, twitter.com slash roll, roll persuasion. Um, but I was kind of at the same point, like I'd launched my show and, uh, I put out this kind of fan gushing thing about undeadwood um the one-off that critical oh, did. Lord, play so bad. and it like took off so uh, just out of nowhere and like the cast listened to it and then brian came on my show a few weeks later and then like um th that really kind of helped my boost my show initially and start getting really good guests really bigger guests whatever you want to call it right. um, and so i like i was going into 2020 like i i had uh, uh emerald city booked and you know gen con and i was gonna try and go to gary con and game hole and all that stuff and I was like, this is going to be it. This is how I'm going to really network and I'm going to do live mm -hmm. episodes. And like, and like even like the week before, like the day before they canceled Emerald city, I was like telling my wife, I was like, okay. Uh, Cause I had to fly to LA for work anyway. So I was going to sneak my way from work early and zip up to Seattle. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll be really careful. I'm going to wash my hands. Cause even then we didn't really know much about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, it'll be fine. Like I promise this is so, such a big deal to me. And then it got canceled and I was like, what do I do? Like, but it was the same thing. How do I, how do I adjust 
the show or I now end up streaming or, or, you know, adversity is very much about what you do with it, not what adversity does to you. Um, because yeah, exactly. you can just shut it down and say, Oh, I'm done. Or you can, you know, do what you did. What I'm trying to do of, of like, how do I pivot? How do I take the energy I was going to put here and do it here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when cons come back, um, we'll be more prepared for them. We'll, we'll be doing bigger things at them than maybe we would have done this year. And so uh, I think that's very much, especially for creatives, a very important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, mindset to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing was because of the COVID situation, I, you know, I, I had to be let go from my previous work mm-hmm. environment. So that was the other big, you know, huge thing. Cause I'm like, ah, oh. you know, and then I thought to myself, I could do the typical thing. I could just go ahead and try looking for another job, which I'm still right. trying to do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I yeah. still have to pay the bills. Uh, but then I was thinking, well, I have a lot more time now. What can I do with this time? I could, I could obviously sit down and mope around and be like, Oh, woe is me. I don't have a job. And yeah. once again, nothing wrong with that. I shouldn't put that in a sarcastic sense. There's nothing wrong with it. I totally understand how, draining that might be and how depressing that might be and how much toll sure. that takes on a person. So it, it takes a lot of, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what the word I want to look for, but it, it, it takes a special circumstance to happen to really push someone out of that, or at least be able to push it away far enough that they will be able to then be productive in a different way. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong and it's totally human to let that bring you down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to obviously bring down people who it's, it's part of the grieving affected. process. I mean, that you it's really are exactly. grieving when you're going through that for sure. Exactly. But you know, sometimes if you look for it, even if you don't look for it, sometimes opportunities come your way, but especially if you start looking for it and you start, like we said, trying to pivot from a bad situation, yeah. there are times where you might land, if not in a better position, at least in a equal, I mean, a, a position that you can easily launch from and have sure, the, the yeah. platform to launch off to something else. Um, and that's what I wanted to do from this situation. I'm like, I could easily just sit down and all I do is every day, just send out resumes after resumes and, you know, oh, here's another certification I can do, or here's another skill set. Or, you know, I know that my passion lies in the, this creative space. How can I then take that passion and use this time that I have been given now to then push in that direction and see if I can make it successful? And what honestly, though, what really, really helps with that is having external support as well. Sure, it's not just yeah. you, right? Uh, because that's a lot to place on a single person. And it's a lot of pressure if, if you always put that on yourself. But having a great family that, you know, I, and <laughs> I mentioned this to someone, I think I made a tweet about it, but the day I told my dad that, Hey, maybe I want to consider this in a more serious sense. My dad, who is an immigrant Indian father, who even myself imagined him to be very strict about this and be like, no, you go and do, you know, do your job, especially as a married man to support your family. That's what I was expecting. That was the responsibility. This is silly. Don't do this. Instead. He was like, you know, it's a business. And I'm always for people wanting to pursue their business. And this is your passion. And if it's something mm. you think is going to be successful, I'm all for it. I mean, awesome. be smart about be smart about it. Yeah. Give yourself a, you know, wiggle room to back out if it's not going to work for you. And give yourself some like a, a deadline. Be like, hey, by this point, I want to be at this, like set yourself a goal. I want to be so and so successful at this. And if it works out, this might be it. This will this will be what launches you to the next level. And so I I remember just hearing that and just be like, in shock because I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And I, the entire day I was just like, my dad actually said that. Yeah. My, my Indian dad actually said that. 
holy shit you yeah. don't understand as as a as an asian immigrant hearing your parents telling you i support your creative endeavor is like a mythical moment yeah. right? i cannot even begin to describe the level of and i'm not even thinking like I, that's when i realized how how wrong i viewed my dad in the mm. sense of or how I didn't have the right image of him until mm-hmm. that moment because in my head I was constantly thinking that he's going to be like your typical Indian parent, go for science, go for you know technology-related jobs. They that's where you make money and so on and so forth. So uh, I realized that, and I think a lot of Indian immigrants want their their children to be successful in their passions. It's just mm-hmm. their fear of, well, I mean, we came all this way, we had to give up an entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Before coming here, and I worked this hard so you could be successful, and I don't want to see you struggle like I struggled in the same situation. I want you up here, not here. And I think that sometimes because of the disconnect, it doesn't come across very well. And, Makes sense. You know, we, yeah. And then you have the differences between cultures because growing up here, you grew up in an American society, so you have that sort of a mindset. So that clashes. Um, so, but I do believe that every, almost every Indian immigrant or not Indian, uh, Asian immigrant or any immigrant that comes into this country would want to see their children be happy and successful in what they are passionate yeah. about. It's just some, sometimes they think reality doesn't let them and, sure. you know, but uh, having that moment was, was really something. And uh, <laughs> I still carry it right now to this yeah. day. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I just having him have that faith in me drives me to want to be successful at this so much more that's awesome that's that's such a great um like you said thing to just hold and kind of go back to like like that kind of warm core if you will that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's really mm-hmm. cool well i think uh i think we're actually pushing up against the end of the stream um <laughs> and it, it feels like it's just gone by it's been like an, an hour and uh if it feels like it's gone by like that it's been so much fun talking oh my man. goodness yeah but before we go um I do want to tell people if you are a Patreon supporter, I know uh, a couple of you guys are on right now. Um, when the podcast version of this episode releases, you will have access in your special Patreon only stream to the Zone of Truth segment that I do with my guests. Um, and when we sign off, we'll record that segment here so you guys can make sure that you listen to it when it drops. But if you want to help support the show, five bucks a month, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion uh, means a lot to me. We're trying to build something cool over there. I'm constantly going, what, what else could we do dif- differently? What else could we add that would make it more fun? So we're going to keep trying to come up with more ideas, but you definitely get access to those bonus segments and some other special things I throw out there. So if you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. You will get the Zone of Truth segment with KP that we're about to record. Um, all the previous ones, we've been doing this now for six months. So that is like 24 to 30 bonus segments with some super, super cool people that I've been super lucky to talk to. So Definitely worth checking out if you're interested. Patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. So before before we sign off, KP, anything else that you want to uh, mention or talk about? Where can people find you um, and check out what you're doing? Sure. Um, first off, thank you for giving me this platform and oh, yeah. talking to me. This was amazing. I Like you said, that time flew by so fast. I, you, you said I was thank you. Like, this doesn't exist without without you know people like you being willing to come and talk with me. So I'm I just get to push so, record. Um, so thank you. I'm just honored to be you know given this given this time with you. Uh, as far as wh- what I'm doing, where you can find me, uh, I go by KP Eleven Studios. Pretty much all of the social media. So on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, 
Uh, as I mentioned, I'm a cosplay slash portrait photographer. I also am in the process of writing my own Hindu-based TTRPG called uh, Tale of Ages, Kali Yuga. Uh, it's very exciting. I'm super excited about that. I'm working with some pretty great people uh, who are helping me realize the stream because I personally don't have any experience in making <laughs> right. any of this, as I said. Uh, so that I'm very excited for. We're still in the process. It's still very early on. But if you mm -hmm. are interested in learning more about it, do follow me on my different channels. Um, I do also have a Patreon as well. Once again, that's also KP11 Studios. Uh, and even at you know, the three, uh, one of my lowest tiers is a $3 tier that I'm very happy about that gives you access to our Discord channel where I you know, have a lot of BTS content uh, behind the scenes related to either photography about, about uh, the TTRPG. Uh, pretty much anything and everything that I'm working on tends to come there first before okay. I talk about it anywhere else, or at least talk about the pre, you know, the process of how I make that or right. do that. And on top of that, you know, we're just building a, a great garden, a community garden, yeah. of everybody coming together so we can help promote each other and uh, grow together. Uh, on top of that, I'm on Twitch as a streamer. Like I said, I have seven different shows that I do on there. So if any of those sound interesting to you, if you're interested in cosplay, if you're interested in photography or Hindu mythology or cooking, we we have an eclectic bunch of them that you can be interested Something in. Something for everybody, right? Something for everybody. Um, we have a great community. Uh, shout out to Ender, who's on the stream. Uh, they've been amazing. And we have amazing, amazing uh, group of people just like them who are as passionate and loving and caring. Um, so if you want to be a part of a community like that, come join and check us out. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yep, there you uh, go. That, no, that is great. And to the podcast listeners, look in your show notes. I will include links to all of those things there as well to save you the difficult trouble of typing. You can just click and go <laughs> go check it out right away. Um, and we didn't get to talk about cooking, so I'm going to say that for our bonus segment, for our Patreon segment, I think I really sure. want to talk about cooking because uh, <laughs> it's just a thing I love, and I love hearing people talk about what they enjoy. I don't know. It, it's fun. It's uh, it's such a cool sure. thing. So, so I think maybe that is what we will get into. And of course, guys, uh, in addition to the Patreon, you can check me out on all of the socials at Roll Persuasion on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to RollForPersuasion.com where I am trying to sell shirts uh i think they're interesting they're DD themed you can go check them out i'm dropping new stuff on there all the time you can also find episodes of the show um links to my different uh guests and my different um supporters and just all sorts of cool stuff i'm updating it all the time so definitely go check that out rollforpersuasion.com stay tuned for more information about that uh anniversary one year birthday stream um that i'm trying to figure out on the fly hopefully that'll be a lot of fun and uh, I've got some I've got some news. I'm going to be in a few different streamed games coming up. So I will drop info about that on Twitter as well, because I really appreciate you guys coming and checking out what I'm doing. And uh, until next time, guys, enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.